I know. I like feel like a little nervous. nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm fun and I'm flirty. <laughs> Welcome back to Watch. This is Will. I'm here with Dina and Rachel. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited. We are beginning our little mini three episode fourth wing run. But before we kind of hand it off to Rach, who's going to take us into this world, I think we have like a pretty important, um, I guess you might call it an in memoriam to do. Oh, oh wow. we do? Yes. Concerning the late and the great, and I mean, I think some have said, and like, I wouldn't disagree with them, a kind of muse for Watch, like a kind of inspiration. His, uh-huh. like, you know, his disciples, this is very recent, his disciples, I think they're still like in mourning. Oh, I know. They're like wearing, they're wearing their black coconut bras. They're wearing their <laughs> black Hawaiian shirts. Yes, I am, of course, speaking about James Buffett. Wow. A national icon, but especially, I think, you know, he made a billion dollars by not taking himself very seriously, and we have made zero dollars by not taking ourselves very seriously, Mm -hmm. but I think we aspire to the same kind of dominant lifestyle brand that sort of Mm. sears itself into the American psyche. I think that is kind of like what we are building here, so... Just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge, say sorry to all the parrot heads out there. Is that what they're called? And all the little parakeets. Yes. <laughs> the parrot heads are the fans. The parakeets, I I am a parakeet. Parakeets are the children of parrot heads. Wow. I'm a parakeet. Sorry to my father, who I think has been taking this Chip. pretty. <laughs> Chip is not handling it well. This has been hard. It's been really hard. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you brought this up. I'm sure you are debating... Is this, you know, the appropriate time? Is this the appropriate venue to sort of bring up Jim- right. Jimmy Buffett and his passing? <laughs> does our audience, does our audience. But then I remembered this is the only audience and venue that I have access to. <laughs> right. And I think, honestly, it's hard to know. Sometimes you should bring it up and sort of bring the vibe down. But I think if we didn't address it, I think it would have been yeah. worse. I think it would have been worse. Everyone would have been thinking about it because obviously this book is about dragons and like dragons, you know. It, Go for li- it. Go as, for it. Let's as, see. Let's as, see what you can do here, Will. Go for as it. Lizards, <laughs> as lizards are to dinosaurs, I think parrots are to dragons. So it sort wow. of just would have been like, wow. in the subtext, it would have been like quite present the entire time if we didn't yeah. just kind of surface it up front. Yeah, totally. I, for one, was definitely thinking thinking about that a lot so anyway <sighs> you know i think we need to i think we need to be brave we need to carry yeah. on thank you so much will mm-hmm. you know you're sort of a leader of this podcast as as a man and <laughs> right right of course i think you sort of led us and you really set the tone for this mini season so thank you you're welcome I guess we can kind of just dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Now, famously, I know many of you will be will be familiar with our first episode for Crescent City. And if you're not, you should go listen to that season. But I don't want to toot my own horn, but I really displayed a mastery of the material, mm-hmm. a passion for a the PhD, material. as discussed. Yeah, I led us all through a complex world-building journey. And so my co-host said, you know what, Rach? We want you to do that again. Run it back. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'm afraid to say that it's not... I don't have my master's. I don't have my... <laughs> I don't... I've flunked... I'm not even... 
I don't know if I'm on track to graduate high school, fourth wing high school, but... <laughs> so you're going to die. I am going to die. I'm going to be one of the riders who <laughs> dies immediately, but I'm going to try. Okay. One thing, but also before we start, Rach, that we should just say, in case there's a single person out there that has somehow started fourth wing and not finished it mm-hmm. and is listening to this episode, a note that we will be discussing this entire book the entire time. So with Crescent City, I think we made an effort to not give spoilers in case folks were in the middle of the tome. But we're going to talk about the whole thing. We're going to talk about theories. So go read it and then come back if you have it. All right. So we're in a world. It's a world of warring sort of kingdoms, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> and there was a war. There was a rebellion uh, over things. <laughs> totally. Certain regions were upset. To- totally. Probably and, a lot of them. Yeah. And there were dragons and there was a rebellion. But the rebellion was squashed wow. some years ago. Just to just to maybe zoom out briefly. It is true there is a, a rebellion but it's also the dragon land is going to war against the griffin land. Right. 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 And that Outside. is like the driving conflict. I right. Think. The re- they're like kind of over the rebellion for the most yeah, part. Yeah, they're kind of over it. Or are they? But it seems they're mostly over the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. There's a war. There's a war with the the griffin people. And the people are, they're really dropping like flies. This war is really ongoing. They really need all hands on deck. And we have a girl boss. <laughs> we do have of a girl boss. Of course we do. We yeah. have a girl boss. We would not be talking about this book if there were, were no girl boss. Exactly. Her name's Violet. She lives in this world, okay? Mm-hmm. She's there. <laughs> she doesn't just read about it. She's there. <laughs> She's there. <laughs> On the and ground. And <laughs> she is really in the thick of it all because we got a Nepo baby, okay? Mm-hmm. We got a Nepo baby, our girl boss Violet is the daughter of a general, I believe. Uh, yep, yep. A that's right. Lady general. Woke. Fun. Yes. Hot bitch mom. Yep. Now, her brother <laughs> died in the war. Was killed <laughs> allegedly, supposedly. <laughs> Brennan. Right. R.I.P. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? Um, he was killed by the rebels, but then also her mom like killed all the rebels or whatever. Help me out. She's got a mom. She's got a brother. She's got a dad. Oop, just kidding. She doesn't because mm, he dead died dad, too. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Dead Although, dad. you know, I do feel like we're talking mommy issues here mostly instead mm-hmm. of daddy issues. So a nice, really keeping it fresh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's you know? good to switch from like daddy issues to bitch mom. Yeah, and so at the center of this, you know, well, and she has a sister. Yeah, Mira, like, but like, yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> As an older sister, I'm offended, but go on. War's been raging. They're really losing their men and their women out there in the good fight. So what obviously makes the most sense is to have a war college where you kind of take the most daring and promising potential fighters and dragon riders and, and sort kill of, 75% of them. Yeah. Just sort of kill. Yeah. Let most of them die. 
Right. Um, so that's where we're going. We're going to Baz Gaius. So what you're saying here is the strategy is top notch. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. it seems good. No notes. They're going to Baz Gaius. Now, yeah, it's a couple years. Some might say it's sort of like Hogwarts for horny young adults who are learning to be dragon <laughs> riders. Uh, there are yeah. some echoes of of a sort of hornier Hogwarts. And yeah, you got to go fight. You got to do your training. You got to do your this and your that. You got to... Okay, so here's the big thing is you have to... A, you have to like survive the whole school thing because like people are allowed to kill you, et cetera, et cetera. But like your goal is to bond a dragon Mm -hmm. and that even if you survive, that is not a guarantee because dragons don't like people who are weak. Yeah, that's sort of a scarce resource. Yeah, but ideally you A survive all the students who want to kill you you survive the danger that you're put in every day and you bond a dragon yeah Yeah. it's sort of it's sort of a pretty easy like one two three you know Mm -hmm. well and then four as described in this book is you become a dragon rider who are sort of on the front lines don't appear to live very long but are cool and the one perk that they kept bringing up is they can wear whatever they want yeah. So they get to kind of have their little <laughs> fit on yeah. and it's all worth it. Which I get. That. Yeah. yeah I get honestly do get that. I do too. I've kind of structured a lot of my life choices around whether I can wear Crocs to any given job. And <laughs> so I get that. I get that. So little Miss Violet. Violet. Yeah. Our gal. She's she's a bookish girl. Mm-hmm. She loves a book. She's she's planning on being a scribe because the Bazgayeth also has a section for nerds called the scribe, you know, quarter. So if you don't want to be a dragon rider, you could go and just like be a scribe in training. Yeah, she'd rather be on this podcast than have us talking about her on this podcast. Yeah. At the beginning of the book. I guess so. Yeah, she loves to read. She's a bit of a gunner. Uh, we'll She's a complete gunner. Yeah. yeah. But her mom is like, listen, everyone in the family is a dragon rider, so you're going to be a dragon rider. My first question, though, is like, if that's the case, and that's always been the case, why didn't they train her at all before? Right, like since birth. Okay, I have so many questions. This is, I think, the biggest plot hole, and we should just deal with it now so we don't have to keep bringing it up. Because it makes because one, her mom is just like negging her the entire time. So like, they start the book. Does her mom want her to die? Right. They they have a little meeting in mom's office before she goes off to begin her training or whatever. And dad was raising her to be a scribe. Dad, dad died. was a scribe. Mm-hmm. So she'd just been training in the library until dad died. And then mom was like, uh, actually, I don't want you to be a scribe. Like, I want you to be a dragon rider. But you're, like, really weak and puny and won't be able to hack it. But every woman in this family is going to be a dragon rider. So, like, you have to be a dragon rider, even though you probably will die. And if you don't, if you, like, try and do something else, I will you know, veiled threat, hurt you, make you be a dragon rider, et cetera, et cetera. And I just like, it, it doesn't really make any sense to me. But yeah, totally. It's like, why, what cha- What changed? Yeah. Yeah. Question mark. She hasn't, she hasn't been training. Yeah. So Violet has a chronic illness that leaves her ligaments and joints very weak. So her bones are kind of popping out of their sockets a lot and like they're really easy to break. So it's very hard for her to do things that are pretty normal mobility for folks and she is like often going to healers to get fixed and often bracing her legs and arms and joints and muscles and everything like that and i think the author has the this condition yes yes yeah 
That's oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah, suddenly we're going to be a dragon rider, not a scribe. <laughs> Also important about Violet, I think, is the fact that her hair randomly fades out to silver. And oh, like, yeah. we have yet to know why. Like, there's got to be a reason, but we just have yet to know why. So other than that, I don't really know what she looks like. I guess she's small. She's a little petite brunette. Yes. With, I think, some curves. Okay, well, she's a gal. She's a gal. Now, the first thing you have to do to get into Dragon College is walk across a parapet. now i've consistently refused to understand what a parapet is this really they're just on a really like thin ledge yeah i think it's It's like like, a bridge yeah it's just like scary narrow bridge like a high up bridge or a chasm i think yeah with no railings yeah surely so like lots of people fall off and die and whatever this is the first day or are pushed off yeah yeah so our day arrives Violet's got to get across that parapet. She gets a little pep talk from her sister, Mira, who's already at Dragon School. And some Nepo baby attire. Like yeah. She gets like a, little, a little dragon vest, some good boots. Yeah. Well, her sister's not allowed to be there because her sister's stationed on the Eastern Front or something and mm. like sneaks over with her dragon, which I don't know how one sneaks over with a dragon. And then Violet goes to the parapet and she sees a hot but bad man very tall <laughs> zayden yeah zayden. why is zayden at the parapet he's running the, oh, okay like, whatever he's yeah. like check your name off a list he's a wing leader it's like you're checking into your freshman dorm right and the ra is there but it's okay. zayden it's he's zayden so hot ryerson He's going to kill Violet the moment he can because he is the son of one of the former rebel leaders. And in fact, his father killed Violet's brother, Brendan. Yeah, and yeah, told, that definitely happened. And Violet's mom killed him, his dad. The dad. The dad. Yeah, or like executed him as the leader yeah. of the rebellion or something. Right. So, so like, I don't think they're starting off in the best. No. no. And honestly, it's sort of, it's not helped by, again, a kind of questionable policy choice in which the kind of ruling regime first branded the child of every rebel with like a dragon, like honestly, like a hot dragon tattoo that's just going right. to make them like hot and sexy. But right, it like also, goes up to his neck. Like, yeah. what it, <laughs> hello. <laughs> but also conscripted them into their elite fighting force. <laughs> right. So the deal with the so-called marked ones, which are the children of the executed rebel leaders, is you can live, but you have to try to excel at our most elite military school. Yeah. Totally. I think they like... They hope they all would die, I think, at the school, but then obviously they have the most will to live, so that didn't work. Yeah. But anyway, so Zayden's there, and he's just, he's so hot. He's so, so hot. He's so tall and hot. He's so tall. He's like 6'5 or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated that she was immediately like, fuck, he's so hot, instead of us waiting half a book, and then her being like, and then it hit me. He was hot. He was hot. I hear you, and I think that that is one way that I could have gone with this. I personally did not appreciate that, because literally, basically after the first, maybe the first time they meet, Violet switches to being like, 
oh my god, he's so freaking hot. I want to climb him like a tree. But like, why? <laughs> oh, my traitorous wee puss is like. <laughs> I hated that. I hate. I'm so sorry. I hated it. And they're all just a horny war college. I know, teens. but I like it when you <laughs> pretend for a while that you like don't know. Yeah, yeah. But she's almost immediately. And I'm so sorry if you think I was doing a bit when I said she thinks about wanting to climb him like a tree. No, no that's, that's a yeah. direct quote. It happens at least twice in the book. Okay. I also am like, are they going to get sued for that? Like, that's from Bridesmaids. I don't think that originated with Bridesmaids. I think it's just like, it's just like a, a saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, I first heard it in the 2000-whatever movie. If they get sued for it, Rachel will defend Rebecca. I will. I will. <laughs> I Because I'm brave enough to defend speech that I don't agree with. <laughs> and that is certainly one instance. That's how America is, like, surviving. Okay, but have you ever, like, met a guy who's just so tall that you lose all ability to have a brain? I think that's just what's happening to her. I think she's just never met a guy this tall. Yeah, and she's young. She's young. Yeah. I know. I think it's realistic, but this is not even an enemies to lovers book, okay? She's immediately, like, horny for him. And Okay, but she does have, like, legit reason to think he's going to kill her. Yeah, but that also, yes, she does. But that's another thing that's like, what's going on? Because it's just like, everyone's like, yeah, he's going to immediately kill you. So it's like, why? what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> like, anyway. because he doesn't? <laughs> Isn't he supposed to pretend that he's not like a rebel anymore? So wouldn't it look kind of bad if he like killed her? But It's unclear. Almost the whole book we're supposed to believe. Is he good? Is he bad? It's like pretty clear he's not going to yeah. kill her at like the second time they meet. So... Right. Anywho, we'll return to that. We'll return. So he sees her and it's like, oh, like sassy, whatever. She's like, are you going to try to kill me? And he's like, no. So you're like, I'll let the parapet do it for me. You're going to fall right off. But she doesn't. (laughs) She doesn't, despite the fact like psychotic, just like murderous teen is behind her and just trying to kill her, I think, just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like their beef started because he had beef with her for no reason. The, the psycho guy. He yeah. just wants to kill. He's literally, I think, a psychopath. Yeah, I think that's right. Jack. Jack. Wait, no, I was going to say Jack Harlow, but that's the rapper, right? Yeah. Sure. Jack, whatever the hell. Barlow, maybe. She gets across <laughs> and then is swiftly reunited with her old childhood friend, Dane. Little boy next door. Yeah. Who went to dragon school and now is older and hotter. Right. Dane is a year older. They grew up together because his dad is like her mom's aide or whatever. Aide mm-hmm. de camp. Aide de camp, as we like to say. And he's hot. She's also clocking out. Oh, she's like, oh, this year has treated him. Well, I'll tell you what. Tell you one thing for free. This this boy has <laughs> turned into a man. And she's pretty Listen, hot one for thing him. that Violet is not lacking is a sex drive. Yeah, no. well, can we... Mm, is now a good time? Yeah. Okay, I have a couple of things I need to say. <laughs> let let it out, Rach. We're here to support you. I have a couple of things I need to say. 
First of all, if you are an audiobook girly, I can't say bad enough things about this audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at it because I I think it kind of ruined a bit of the book for you and it makes yeah. me so sad. It's it certainly didn't help. It's a woman who sounds 40 if she's a day and she has a very audible head cold. I started counting all the times you could hear her clear her phlegm. No. And I actually stopped because it was too many times. Uh, is it is it the author? No. No. Okay. <laughs> like, what happened there? I, I can tell you because I now have a fucking PhD in sound engineering from doing this podcast. You can cut. Okay, you can't make someone sound not congested, but you can cut it out when someone is clearing phlegm. Okay, but anyways, <laughs> I digress. So we got that, all right? You could also reschedule a recording session. Right. We have some thoughts. We have some feedback. I don't know what happened there. Didn't do the book great justice. But anyways, I will say, so So this whole like horny thing, can we just talk about it? Because it didn't help that it was like a 40-year-old woman reading all of this. But the mm. way it's very like, hello, fellow kids- Oh, yeah. Yeah. The The way that they're talking about, like, sex and stuff is very much, oh, cool. I saw, like, Rhiannon coming out of a girl's room, and I said, like, hey, you, you got laid last night? Like, kill her. Like, I don't, like <laughs> what are we doing? Your voices are perfect. <laughs> like, oh, you had sex last night? Like, congrats. Like, that happens at one point. Violet's like, nice job. Wait, and this is, the what's the complaint? Okay, the complaint is, like, the way that sex and whatever horniness is conveyed. It's, like, very weird. Like, hello, fellow kids. I'm, like, a middle-aged author writing about, like, 18-year-olds who are horny. But, like, to me, it's just very weird all around. I'm so sorry. It's, like, I guess it it does seem like every teen is having sex, which was not, I think, at least in my high school or for myself, the norm. Well, they're in college. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's they're in safe. college, but still. But she's like, yeah, at least someone's getting a much-needed orgasm around here. Like, I just like all of a sudden, it's just like, ugh, girl. <laughs> and then, oh, so this actually, we could circle back, because she's talking to Dane, first day that she's there or whatever, and her sex life comes up, and she's like, you want to know about my sex life before I came to this place? <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you. And it's like, it's giving, like, yeah, like I fuck. Yeah, I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but she does fuck. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, so towards the end, but like, yeah, it's like, yeah, she does fuck. But like, you know, at, at a certain point in life, you kind of lose the need to kind of be like, yeah, just FYI. But not at nineteen. Tbh, like at nineteen, like you are kind of like saying some dumb shit. Yeah, I know. I know. It just, it's just kind of funny. I think I just I just appreciated that it wasn't we didn't like tiptoe around the subject for like seventy five percent of the book. You know what that I mean? Like I kind of like that it was a part of it. Also, everyone is by for the most part. All the non main characters have and are like there's like so much queer representation. There's trans representation. Everyone is sort of indiscriminately having sex with anyone else. Mm-hmm. As the world, yeah, should be, it felt bias. very honestly sci fi. I feel like a lot of sci fi books are like that. But oh, yeah. not so much in the And they do world. say, like, I think it's a very, okay, if we know that 75% of us are going to die, like, you know, why deprive ourselves of the Earth's pleasure? Yeah. Now, do you think, do you think Violet is going to sleep with a woman? 
No, probably not. Because perhaps, perhaps not for the main character. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. Anywho, we got our Dane. He's sort of. It's not exactly fucking. What's the Gilmore Girls? Zayden's kind of the the dean. Dean is Dane is the dean. Dane is Dean. Is Tamlin? Is Stefan? Is Angel? I guess so. Yeah, sort of. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know all of those, but I know most of those. And yeah. <laughs> Zayden is the Jess. Correct. Yeah. Right. Is Zayden? Zayden is the. Let's see if I can do this. Is the Jess who is the Resand who is the Spike who is the Damon. This, right. this is the wrong order, but you right, get, right, right. You get yeah. where I'm going here. Originally, we're like, oh, maybe are we gonna Mac Dane, but like TVD. Yeah, and I I do think most of us were like, okay. Let's do what we need to do here with this little boy next door friendship arc. But like, we all know where this is going. Right. So we made it. And Dane's like, oh, oh, you're going to die. We have to get you out of here. We have to get you. I can sneak you in. You can be a scribe. And like, your mom won't find out for a while. And you just have to be a scribe. And she's like, Dane, I'm no, I'm a girl boss. You can't tell me. You can't do this. I'm doing it. <laughs> but she thinks in her head, by the way, she's like, oh, my God. At some point, the the like professor of the scribe, she's like, oh, my God, he's fucking crestfallen. Like, he was about to retire and I was going to be his quote unquote crowning achievement. Such gunner vibes. It's giving <laughs> such slughorn energy. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are so traumatized from law school. Like, I could just, I see it in your face every time you talk of, about somebody, yes. like, trying at school. <laughs> there are a lot of echoes of law school, for sure. Okay, but, like, viewing yourself as someone's crowning achievement is a wild way to go no, through the world. No, for sure. She also, she, she sometimes just says things to people, and it's like, don't assume that they don't know, like. Oh, she's such a, she's such a mansplainer. Yeah. Such a fucking know-it-all. <laughs> Um, also echoes of law school, but she's, she's like, a obviously she's a fucking uber Nepo baby. She literally grew up at, she literally lives at Be- Bezgayeth her whole life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where her mom lives. So she knows the plays. And then she gets the little how-to guide that Brennan, dead brother, yeah. allegedly dead brother, wrote for Mira, the sister. Which yeah. is like not only and she like opens it up, Mira like smuggles it in for her and she opens it up and it, it does everything from telling you like how to get to class or whatever where where shit is to like tells you how to fucking cheat on the challenges. Yeah. <laughs> and so okay, so so Violet's like, what am I gonna do? I haven't been training my whole life. You know, she has this condition where Obviously, doing combat is going to be kind of difficult if you're having issues with your ligaments and things like that. So very challenging. Mm -hmm. Basically, she gets a fucking insider's guide from her older brother about how to fucking cheat. Well, because it tells her it's like she she's able to like go sneak into something and like see the board. Yeah, I don't know the mechanics of how you cheat, but basically the cadets or whatever the fuck they're called have to fight each other they'd spar and stuff constantly all year long yeah they do challenges and you can maybe be killed and it's like fine in a challenge yeah and so brennan's thing is actually they decide in advance who you're gonna be fighting for your challenges and here's how to go sneak around and find out who you're fighting violet is like well gotta do what you gotta do i'm just gonna poison people 
who are supposed to fight me. Not kill them, but she does poison them. I love that, for the record. Okay, I... Well, do I love that? So that's what she does. So she, like, she volunteers to work the breakfast shift and then poisons people just so that they're sick. Not... She doesn't kill them, but... But she's also, like, you know, she has to, like, sneak out at night and figure out the right, like, proportions of the of the poisons. You know, she might be cheating, but she's still working very hard. Well, that's what she says. I mean, that's basically, like... <laughs> Literally, she has an internal monologue at some point. She's like, is it cheating? No, because Mira told me to use my brain, and that's what I'm doing. And it's like, well, it's still cheating. Yeah, but I guess if your life is on the line, I would sort of, I would view rules as guidelines. Yeah, it's also also generally not, because the only rules they have are the codex and it's when you can kill someone and when you can't oh my god we have to get to the codex this is like such a they're like (laughs) i think we 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 skipped over this briefly but she gets across the parapet and oh yeah psycho jack is behind her trying to throw her off she's sprinting and she just makes to the door and he's jumping to get her and she turns around and she like has a knife at his balls and he hasn't gotten in yet and like whatever and then she quotes like some obscure provision of the codex and offers a legal interpretation such that because he hasn't set foot inside yet she could kill him and he can't kill her and it would be fine and like the writers next to her are like wow that's like a good legal interpretation like yeah kind of got it right like the codex is constantly being interpreted by violet in creative ways because she's a smart lawyer gunner girly yeah but she's so fucking annoying <laughs> She's always like, actually, as per Codex Volume 7, Book 3, I actually am allowed to have this knife because it says if you sneak it in, then you get to keep it. So suck on. Like, she's always fucking quoting the Codex of people. Like, I would fucking kill that bitch in her sleep. I'm so sorry. Also, to your point about she's she's always sort of mansplaining, I, it's, it's obviously intended for, like, the reader. It's giving you sort of context yeah. or whatever but it sounds like she's saying very basic facts about the world <laughs> like she's telling people like yeah there are like five different states and like this one rebelled like the most momentous thing that's happened in the past hundred years and the other the other cadets are probably just like okay <laughs> like yeah yeah well that's that that is to say she's info dumping in that manner when she's not simply uh info dumping as like her coping mechanism for being stressed <laughs> yeah is like downloading all the developments all the facts about the world she's like i'm stressed out so i'm just gonna recite the history of navarre or wherever the fuck (laughs) anyways sorry uh if people aren't kind of getting a sense listen it was a really fun book not not my all-time favorite but fun (laughs) anyways back to positivity where were we a poison gathering which i think is how she ends up ah Like, down at the Mm, river. Yes, thank you. So, one Eve, she's doing her sneaky sneaky to get her little ingredients for her little poison. And what does she come across but Zayden Ryerson and a bunch of... Wait, can I ask? Is it in the audiobook? Is it Ryerson? Because I've been saying Ryerson in my head this whole time. She says Ryerson in the audiobook, but to be fair, not to be trusted because she... Calls fucking Rhiannon Rhiannon. No. I'm like, have you ever heard of fucking Fleetwood Mac? Oh my god. Rachel, why did you keep listening? You I should don't, have shut it off. Because I hate Because she doesn't reading. read. 
I hate it so much that I'll listen to this fucking horrific audiobook instead. Oh my god. Riadon. Oh. I was like, I cannot. But anyways, yeah, Zayden Ryerson, I guess, is whatever how we say it. Okay. So some of the marked ones are convening and this is a capital offense for four, mm. uh, you know, more than four marked ones to gather in the same place. So uh-oh. I think it's more than three. More which than is three. Whoops. Uh, so what are they talking about? Rebelling. Mostly they're giving out pointers to the new ones. Right. They're getting like an oral version of the little book right. that Violet got. Yeah, they're like joining their little rebel kid frat. Anyways, so they're talking. They're giving tips and tricks. Then they're like, when are we going to get to kill Violet? And Zane's like, don't worry. She's my problem. You leave her to me. Which I think, again, he's he's obviously basically protecting her, right? He's like, none of you can touch her. Yeah. They disband. She waits. She's sneaky, sneaky. She's sneaking away. She's like, oh, well, thank God I'm sneaking away and I didn't get caught. Ha! Bam. <laughs> Mr. Shadow Man catches her he he gets her right up against his chest and he says you scream and i'll kill you <laughs> and then they talk and then he's like well i'm not gonna kill you right now but like you have to keep my secret or aren't you gonna go tell someone she's like no that wouldn't be right it's not right that i don't want everyone to die blah 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 and then so yeah yeah and this is basically where the for me the suspense was completely lost of would he kill her because alone next to river she just oversaw she just saw you commit treason by the laws of the land right just seems about right if you were gonna kill her you would kill her then there's not really a better opportunity oh and we should say again sorry this is a little kooky booky out of order but once you match with the dragon what is it it's not fucking hinge once you bond the dragon (laughs) yeah you eventually once they decide they like you you get a special power from them and it's just kind of random so yeah that's why zayden has shadow power but you could have any number of things and sometimes you know what people's powers are because it like says it on their shirt or whatever and then sometimes you don't because it's like top secret yeah so hot shadow daddy Oh, and I feel that I need to paint a picture of our... We know that he's excessively tall, but let's get the rest of it. Yeah, He's tall with windblown black hair and dark brows. The line of his jaw is strong and covered by warm tawny skin and dark stubble as as will as will has previously talked about. God forbid we get a weak jaw. No, never a weak jaw. Not Zayden. No. His eyes are the shade of gold flecked onyx. The contrast is startling, jaw-dropping even. Everything about him is. His features are so harsh that they looked carved, and yet they're astonishingly perfect, like an artist worked a lifetime sculpting him. And at least a year of that was spent on his mouth. (laughs) Okay. That's amazing. I would, um, like, was it worth being a sort of rebel orphan to be this hot? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I also think, again, he has a tattoo that goes from, like, his yeah. hands up to his neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just made him hotter. Then like, a dragon tattoo. It's so sick. Wait, so Rach's shadow daddy not doing it for you? No, he's hot. It's, again, it's just, you know, I think, realistically, did I catch the ick with the book slightly? Yes, because 
I don't know. Have we always read great works of Western literature on this podcast? Yes. But yeah. Yeah. No, he's hot. Obviously, he's hot. He's hot. I just, I mean, some of this, the, uh, like a, like a sculptor spent a lifetime carving him. Um, I could do. Oh, like you've never had a crush, Rachel. I could do slight, I could do slightly less. (laughs) But he's hot, obviously. Let he who has never, you know, lost their brain to a tall man throw the first stone. Yeah. But actually, I have qualms with her because as a tall woman, obviously, as tall women, we all uniformly oppose petite girlies taking the tall men because like, no, that's fair. So that's another issue. That's what this is about, Rachel. (laughs) This is this is I feel like we're really this is a a therapy session. We're digging deep. (laughs) We got there. This is what it's about. Unpacking. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you Uh, for being so vulnerable with us in this space. No problem. (laughs) In the real world, tall tall men are like dragons in this world, you know, exactly. like really scares. You have to go through sort of trials and tribulations to secure one for yourself if you're a tall girly. <laughs> yeah. The other thing here is that this is the first time I think we start to see the difference in the way that Dane and Zayden approach her and her training, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I think for sure, like, knocked over our heads a bit by the end. But this is where your first, like, he's basically tells her to show that knife trick that she uses to Jack Barlow, psycho killer guy, and encourages her to, like, be more violent, basically. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dane is always trying to protect her. Again, a kind of classic love triangle, good boy, bad boy, but, like, who's who, really, you know? And you know yeah. what? Justice for Dane. going to pick? Justice, Justice for Dane. For Dane. <laughs> I think I'm going to be a Dane apologist. Oh, God. <laughs> because, listen, by the that way. That short bitch went for the tall guy. <laughs> speak on that. Speak on that. Yeah, listen. go ahead. Dane apologist. He's trying to keep her safe in this like college where everybody's dying. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. okay. He gives her therapeutic sports massages. That is regularly. True. Oh, like that he is cares. A good point. He gives her a good sports massage a lot, which I want. Yeah, me too. And I think what he did in the end wasn't that bad. But we'll talk about it. Wow. What? Okay, we'll, we're going to pause that. For no, I was just trying to be... <laughs> sorry, I'm just trying to be contrarian. Um, he, he, in this first third or whatever, I think he hasn't... His behavior is such that it, you could be a Dane apologist. I think you get to a point where it becomes harder. Yeah. yeah if the, I think right now, for me, it's just unhot because he won't even break the most breakable rule of all time, which is that you shouldn't sleep with somebody who you're in charge of with like literally as discussed everybody is fucking everybody well everyone's laterally fucking they're not yeah, fucking but I up think the it's chain like, of command i think there's ver- but like i think there's vertical fucking yeah i think it's with whom i think it's so dane um, mentions that he was yeah. like really good friends with the wing leader like he was fucking a 30 a, a second yeah, year yeah. he was a first year whatever whatever i'm just saying it's unhot of him to not break the simplest of rules well, right. And it's like he should have clocked the, strategically he fucked up because he I don't think he clocked that Zayden is bad boy, hot boy, because when confronted with that as your sort of main rival, you cannot fall into the trap of being goody too. Like you're going to no. lose that battle. Of course, every time. Of the time. Every you time. need to sort of go head to head on the Has bad he watched front. any CW show? You know what no, I mean? Apparently not. Mm. And we should say Dane is 
So they have all these like fucking nesting dolls of like wings and squads and whatever the fuck. <laughs> Dane is a second year and he's the leader of Violet's squad, but that squad is within fourth wing because there are multiple wings. And Zayden is the head of fourth wing. And right. only because Zayden made them move their squad so that he would be right. overseeing her. Yeah, although Dane made sure that she was in his squad, so it's kind of like... Right. Again, a nesting doll of yeah. hyper-sexualized military school drama. Yes. Yeah. Ugh, what a, what a <laughs> turn of phrase there. So, yeah, we're vibing, we're making friends, we're making enemies, we're doing our classes, we're getting cold called, we're trying not to show off in class, but then we can't help it, because the teacher Oh my god, she's like, she's like, obviously feeding answers to her friend. Yeah. (laughs) A freak. Um... And then they're doing all these high stakes, uh, you know, fucking obstacle courses or whatever. Oh, do you want to talk about... Are you trying to talk about the gauntlet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like we could just quickly say kind of classic school vibes. Yeah. They're ongoing duels all the time. The gauntlet is important in the sense that, I guess, to get to the part of your education where you could potentially be chosen by a dragon, one must conquer this American Ninja Warrior style, <laughs> like, vertical obstacle course. Extremely <laughs> American Ninja Warrior coded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's basically like the the first kind of big challenge of Act One, right? It's like I think they even like pause on like the sparring in the classes that they could all go practice on this gauntlet. And there's the swinging boulders, and like there's the moving stairs, yeah, and there's the weird chimney columns that you have climbed somehow. This was hard for me, obviously, as someone who can't picture things. In my oh head. yeah, it's just like okay, and hard for me as someone who doesn't care about action. <laughs> <laughs> and I, as you might guess, Wikipedia'd what the various and Dina were not so only like could. yeah did that, but she also like built a course in her backyard. In my backyard, fully <laughs> did the whole thing. Exactly right, right, right. And just like an American Ninja Warrior, it ends with this really steep ramp thing that they have to sprint up at the very end when they're super exhausted. That mimics them having to scale the back of a dragon. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I think is particularly hard for her because she's teeny. Yeah, but she does it. And she does it by using a knife. And that's another lawyer moment that Rach was alluding to earlier where <laughs> everyone, including Dane, who's a kind of like rule, rule bound rule boy. Rule boy. He and like another wing leader are like, you're not allowed to use a knife. And she's like, well, I brought this knife with me from outside. And so like, it's part of my like corporate personhood or some shit like that. Yeah. And they let her through. <laughs> yeah. Which again, you guys didn't love. I loved, but I am not carrying the law school trauma with me. I think it's funny. I just love how how big a role legal interpretation plays in this story. <laughs> it's that. And the other thing I love is <laughs> trade agreements are like, they're constantly talking about trade agreements. Yeah. Because they have a trade agreement. They've been at war with 400 years, but also have like a free trade agreement for certain uh, products with like the Griffin country mm. that they hate and they have a little peace town where they like a couple times a year come to exchange vital commodities wow and they're like they're constantly alluding to the fact that maybe like if we if we nail down the free trade agreement <laughs> then peace will finally come to ah uh, yes that's what that's what will happen it's a little randian honestly wow you know where else there's a big uh free trade component red white and royal blue according to the movie i haven't read the book but wow 
Anyway. Uh, gotta tell you, watch the movie. Did not pick up on that piece of it. That's why they're, that's why their relations with Great Britain are so important because they're trying to sign a free trade deal and they're worried oh. that the spat between the two boys might. Anyway. Really erotic. Oh, right. Wow. Love when a free trade agreement is like the sexy, sexy mm-hmm. precursor to a People romance. don't talk enough about how free trade agreements sort of facilitate sex. Yeah. We're not wow, talking nearly enough. Wow, thank you for speaking on that. Kind of butterfly effect wise. Yeah. So she gets through the gauntlet and then they get to go, they get to kind of do like um, a pref, like a, like a bid day. Mm. They go around all the sorority houses, mm-hmm. AKA all of the dragons. It's like Bama yeah. Rush Talk, but dragons. Exactly. Yeah. So they do like philanthropy day one and two where they just go and they, they just sort of make them walk around the dragons and they're like oh yeah when you go you should talk so then like talk to each other so and then they're the like dragons. and here's my kendra scott jewelry and yeah. um the rest of the jewelry is normal and i'm wearing my i'm wearing my <laughs> gr- my go- dragon scale <laughs> chainmail. <laughs> it's from shein <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, my so. leathers are from the pants store. Oh, yeah. And- my leathers are from the pants store. <laughs> I love that. And then just like at a sorority, maybe you get murdered if they don't like you. Yeah. Yeah, they parade in front of the dragons. And the dragons, they, they sort of just toast people that they they just get the vibe them. can't cut it yeah. so there's like there's like one poor sort of indecisive oh, king yeah. who gets roasted but then there's also i don't know annoying guy or girly i forget there's so many like, squad mates that sort of rotate in and out it's hard I to keep track but I can't. they rotate them, in and out of existence yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is like okay well i'm not i'm not investing in you or your name because you're obviously probably gonna fucking die so yeah i know yeah, rhiannon like- and that's about all i got yeah, she's, again, the hot gay best friend is all that matters to me. Bye. Bye. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I mean, I mean broader, yeah, probably yeah. gay. Right, right, right. right. Um, sure. Of course, we get a moment here where, oh my God, is our girl Violet going to die because there's a dragon that's paying a little bit too much attention to her? Is she about to get roasty toasty? But alas, it's just a dragon who can smell the scales that are on her, um, her vest armor. from Shein. Yeah, but they make it through... They have conversations and Violet sort of set up to demonstrate her strength of character audibly. Are you saying, Rach, that physical strength is not the only form of strength and that one might also have a strength of character? Yeah. What, like, it's explicitly said in the book? (laughs) (laughs) I guess there there was one teacher who was like, Use your logical reasoning skills. Like your strength won't get you the whole way there. And Violet's like, "Well, I got that in spade loads." <laughs> Love you, girl. Love you, Violet. Okay, wow. So our girl survived the uh, philanthropy days one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think the question is, will she survive threshing? AKA, I don't know. I wasn't in a sorority, so like, what's that? Bid day. Is she gonna get a bid, bid day? Is she gonna get a bid? Or is she gonna get no bids? Or is she going to get no bids? Which happens. Some people get no bids. Oh, yeah. And they just have to redo their first year. Right. Or is she going to get roasted alive and or murdered by psycho killers? Yeah. TBD. And who's she going to fuck? Again. I, want, I wonder. Could, could go Could go anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, 
Rage, thank you so much for your service to our country and to this podcast. Um, and thank you for humoring all of us lovers of Fourth Wing who are not traumatized by either the audiobook or law school or short girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll catch us next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your feedback and rating the pod five stars. It means a lot. It means so much. So if you haven't done it, Go ahead and slap a five star in there. Why not? Give us a little cheeky treat. We really appreciate it. We deserve a treat. We do. We do. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.